are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. David said, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in Him, and He's my help. My heart shall greatly rejoice, and with my song will I praise him. It was written when Saul had threatened to kill him, and David was running for his own, for his life, from the king of Israel. Or it was written when David's son Absalom had rebelled against his father, and David had fled his throne, his palace, and his city, leaving his throne to his rebellious son. I'm not sure which one. But in either case, these are, in either case, it was one of the two darkest hours of David's life. Can you picture it? Maybe David was running from the king. Suppose President Nixon said, I'm going to kill Billings. I'd say, I'll help, him, help you find him. But I'm going to get my hands on Billings. I'll get him. Call out the army. And he decided to get Dr. Billings. And Dr. Billings began to run. And run and run. That's the way David was. And David said, in that condition, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and he's my help. My heart shall greatly rejoice, and with my song will I praise him. Or maybe if that isn't the case, David was running from his own son and the forces of his own son, and away from the throne, and away from his own boy, and away from all that was holy and right and good. David said, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusteth in him, and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoiceth. Let me say this, ladies and gentlemen, and listen to this. If you don't hear anything else I say, God, God is real. And what he offers you is something that's real. And salvation is real. And there is help in the presence of God. Oh, I've been preaching long enough to know I've caught enough tears on these shoulders. I've counseled enough broken-hearted people. I've been in this business long enough to know there's a difference in this thing we call salvation and this thing we call being saved and this thing we call being born again is more than the hoax, than a hoax by some feeble-minded people trying to get strength or a crutch on which to lean or a teddy bear to sleep with. It's real. It's real. I know it's real. David said, there's something on the inside in salvation. There's something on the outside. There's something on the inside as I serve God. There's something on the outside. There's something on the inside when joy. And there's something on the outside. Now I want you to notice the first thing he had talks about, I think, is salvation. He says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. He's talking about protection from the enemy. He said, the Lord will give me strength from within... And he'll give me protection from without. He's saying salvation is from within first. Notice it said in, in each case, inside first. Inside salvation first. And then outside demonstration. Inside help, uh, strength in the heart. And then help from without. Inside rejoicing and then singing from without. It starts on the inside and works out. For example, you don't get baptized and then get saved. You get saved and then get baptized. 
You don't uh, uh, take communion and then get saved. You get saved and then you take the Lord's Supper. You don't reform and then get saved. You get saved and then change. You don't join the church and then get saved. You get saved and then you join the church. You know that all false religion is based on one thing, and that is getting something God gives you when you get saved mixed up with the saving. You get saved by being born again. You get saved by receiving Christ and what He did on the cross and all these other things. The Lord's Supper comes because you're saved. Baptism comes because you're saved. The church membership comes because you're saved. Turning over a new leaf comes because you're saved. You quit your drinking because you're saved. You quit your cursing because you're saved. You live for God because you're saved. You read your Bible because you're saved. You pray because you're saved. You give the tithe because you're saved. You pay your debts because you're saved. You live for God because you're saved. You don't curse His name because you're saved. You live clean because you're saved. You tell folks about Jesus because you're saved. But any time you get one of those things mixed up in salvation, you won't get the real thing. You've got to come to a place where you realize that salvation starts on the inside. It's inside, and then it comes out and you tell folks about it. Back 20 years ago in the city of Paris, France, there was a famous comedian. They called him Fools back in those days, whose name was Carlini, C-A-R-L-I-N-I, Carlini. Carlini was the, he was the, uh, tell me some comedian. I don't, I don't, I don't know him anymore. Last one, I, last uh, movie I went to was, I think Tom Mix was playing. Uh, but uh, who's some comedian very famous today? Who? Bob Hope. Some of you, some, some of you worldly people help me out now. Uh, Bob Hope. Uh, okay. He was a Bob Hope this day. He was a Red Skelton of his day. He was the, uh, uh, he was the outstanding fool in all. People came from all over Paris who had burdens and melancholy to be lifted because he, would, he was such a, such a fool and a tremendous comedian. But there's something that happened to him, melancholy set in his own soul. Melancholy absolutely gripped Carlini. And in, when he was alone, he was, he, was, he was sad and melancholy. And he was, he, was, he was fearful and discouraged. But he'd perform in front of a great crowd. And he was, he was a, a, a real fool. He was a great humorist. He was a great comedian. And people came from all over Paris and all over France to have their spirits lifted because of Carlini. But Carlini was, was on the, at the point of despair. He himself was so discouraged, it was pitiful, and he was melancholy all the time. So finally, he disguised himself and went to a, a doctor, and, he, and the doctor said, What can I do for you? And he said, My name is something else besides Carlini. And he said, uh, I, what, The doctor said, What's your trouble? And he said, I'm sad all the time. I'm melancholy all the time. And he said, I, I need to be cheered. He said, What can I do to get cheered? And the doctor looked at him and said, there's the best thing in the world you can do to get cheered is this. There's a fellow in Paris whose name is Carlini. And he is the funniest fellow you ever saw in your life. And he has cheered more people than any other person I know. Now, he said, if I can get you tickets to go and see and hear Carlini in person, he will cheer you up. And Carlini took off his disguise and screamed. He said, oh, my God, I am Carlini. Now what can I do? He said, I've got to find happiness somewhere from the out, from other than the outside. I am Carlini. Oh, my God, what can I do? The funniest man in the world could not give him enjoyment, could not be, break his melancholy. 
And what I'm trying to say is, is this, ladies and gentlemen, I don't care who you are, to the Pope in Rome, down to the deacon of this church, or pardon me, up to the deacon of this church, or whatever you are, there's not a thing you can do to lift yourself out of your sin. You've got to come to someone outside yourself when you come to Christ and say, Oh, my God, I've tried to be happy, and I've tried to find peace, and I've tried to be, have, have, have joy, and I've tried to get satisfaction. Oh, God, I haven't done it. I haven't done it. And you go to the Pope in Rome and say to the Pope, Can you make me happy? The Pope himself gets discouraged sometimes, and then he could cry, I am the Pope, oh my God, what can I do? There's only one thing you can do, and that's come to him who's the Prince of Peace, who gives joy. He's the source of all joy and the source of all happiness, and on the inside you get born again. And then all of a sudden, you realize your sins are forgiven. Gone, 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 gone. Yes, my sins are gone. Now my soul is free, and then my heart's a song. Buried in the deepest sea. Oh, that's good enough for me. I shall live eternally. Praise God, my sins are gone. And there comes a time when you quit trying to save yourself and get it on the inside. And then, after that, what happens? You tell it on the outside. I'll sing it. I'll tell it wherever I go. I want all to hear it. I want all to know the joy of salvation that makes my heart glow. For I have been born again. You say, you say, these folks at First Baptist sure are nuts. They just go all... Oh, boy, you wouldn't believe the calls I get. You wouldn't believe it. And I thank God for every one of them. And don't anybody ever come to me complaining because our folks witness too much. There are plenty of liberal churches in town letting the whole world go to hell and play in church. Brother, I'm going to stir our folks up for soul winning as much as I can. If we can get the gospel to every little old poor kid in Chicago, we're going to do it. And don't get your hopes up to think this is just a fall program, brother. If I can keep us stirred up during the winter and the summer like this and keep us out getting folks saved like this, I'm going to do it. Why? Because if you've got it on the inside, tell it on the outside. Brother Bob, I was up in Canada preaching. I don't know why they want me up there, but I go up there quite often. And uh, I keep going. And I was in Canada. And uh, a fellow, I, I preached a couple of day times. and had a question and answer session. And a pastor stood up in his Canadian accent. I, I, I can't, uh, I, all I can, only word I can pronounce in Canadian is oot. That's out. Oot. Said, uh, uh, said, after the service, we went oot and got something to oot. I mean to eat. And uh, so a fellow stood up and he said, Dr. Hiles. He said, you are a very emotional person. And he said, uh, you Texans seem to be rather hot-blooded. Now, I'm not sure I know what that means, but that's what he said. He said, now, we Canadians, he said, we are more staid. He could have said daid, too, but he didn't. Uh, he said, we are more staid. He said, we feel it and don't show it. Now, he said, uh, he said we feel it on the inside, but we don't show it. And he said, you Texans, you show it and don't feel it. But he said, we... Feel it in the heart and don't show it. Well, I said, we have those in Texas, too. In front of a great crowd of people at a convention. I said, we have those in Texas. He said, what? I said, we have folks like that in Texas. Folks that feel it and don't show it. He said, I did not know Texans were of that disposition. And I said, we have something like that. I said, the only thing, we don't call them Canadians. We call them backsliders. You don't have to choose between feeling it or showing it. You can feel it and show it. You have to choose between it. I feel it in here. I'm not going to let it out. Or hollering, don't hit. Have it and tell it. Get it and tell it. Spread it. Inside and out. But there's a second thing that David said. David said, I'm going to trust him now. 
to help me. I'm going to keep on serving him now that I'm delivered. And he's going to save me. And his shield is going to protect me from the outside. And his, his strength is going to be on the inside. David said then, he said, I'm going to keep on trusting him. And he's going to help me as I serve the Lord God. There was a time to me when preaching was drudgery. I can recall when I first became a preacher. I'd, um, I was fasting a church, and I, di- I didn't know what to do much. I didn't know how to study much. And I can recall on Saturday night, I'd, I'd open my Bible, and it'd be about 11 o'clock on Saturday night, and I'd say, 12 hours, and I've got to preach. There's got to be something in here somewhere. Oh, my, 66 books and hundreds of chapters and thousands of verses. Lord, won't any of them preach? Lord, there's got to be something in here somewhere. At 12 o'clock, I'd say, oh, nothing yet. Haven't found anything yet. And at 1 o'clock, I'd say, nothing yet. And then 10 minutes to 11 the next morning, I'd say, nothing yet. <laughs> and my folks at noon would say, nothing yet. And, uh, but, uh, uh, oh, it was such a drudgery. And I, I can recall getting up on Sunday morning and eating breakfast and going out in the backyard and regurgitating. Regurgitate is a Greek word that means lose all your breakfast. And I, I'd regurgitate, and I'd, I'd say, oh, Lord, help me. Oh, Lord, help me. Help me, Lord, help me. And, uh, and then I'd, I'd try to eat something else, and it wouldn't stay down either. And uh, I'd go to the pulpit, and I'd say, all the, during the song service, I'd say, oh, Lord, help me. Oh, Lord, help me. And one blessed day, I fell in love with preaching. And I can't wait to preach, and I love to preach. And I'll tell you what, brother, somebody said, you use notes when you preach? I said, no, I'll preach for cash or nothing. Doesn't make any difference. And uh, I, uh, uh, I just preach. I don't care. I, I go around the country preaching. And the fellow said, hey, would you come preach for us? Yeah, I'll come preach. Yeah, I sure will. But, well, you're going to preach three or four times a day. Would you preach for us? Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. What? I love it. It's my life. I love it. I love to serve God. Brother Bob, you know how I love sports. But I'm getting where I can't even watch a ball game all the way through. Honestly, I love sports. I've always loved sports. But, oh, 10,000 times more than watching a ball game, I'd rather serve God. Why? Because I love it on the inside. I used to serve Him because I was called on the outside. But now it's on the inside. There's something beats on here. Inside and then out. I serve Him now because I want to serve Him. And I uh, sometimes I get a little tired. And I, I, think, I'll, uh, I think I'll maybe take about two or three hours off and, and watch the Bears play a ball game. Oh, good night. I do the, I'm a nervous wreck when I get through with that. And, uh, watch the, and uh, so I think, okay, I'll take a few hours off and, and I'll watch the Hawks play hockey. That's worse than the Bears playing football. You know, I hope someday in some way Chicago can get something that wins something. We haven't won a championship since 1824. And, uh, but uh, we could just get a ping-pong champion or something in Chicago. But, but honestly, Dr. Billings, I mean this. Uh, something happened. Something happened. One day it hit me. One day it dawned on me that I was doing the work of God. And it dawned on me. I was sitting here one morning. I looked out and I thought, I'm doing what Jesus would do if he were here. And I've heard Dr. Rice say it so often. If our Lord came in that door back there this morning and walked in, oh, for two and a half years, I've wanted to see him. And I've, been, I've been consumed for two and a half years with the blessed joy that will be ours when the veil is drawn back and we shall see him. If he walked in, I'm not sure what we'd do. I'm not sure. But I know one thing. I'd say, Jesus, come on. Come on up here. Don't sit down back there, Jesus. Come on up here. And Brother John... Probably you'd sit down here at the altar, and I'd sit down here and look up at him. 
and Brother Fisk would be over here, and Dr. Billings here, and a holy hush would settle over this building. Jesus of Nazareth is here. He's about to preach. And oh, what would he do? He'd stand up. Maybe he'd read the 28th Psalm. But he wouldn't have any better Bible to preach than I have. He'd preach the same Bible I preach. And if he told you how to get saved, he wouldn't have any better plan than I'm telling you this morning. The same one. And it dawned on me, this is his business I'm doing. I'm an ambassador for Christ. You know what I'm doing this morning? I'm here. He couldn't be here. He told me to come and take his place. And I want to do it. And I want to serve him. It's on the inside. I served him years because I had to. I served him years because I was supposed to. And then one day it got on the inside. And now I serve him on the inside. I want to serve him. I want to please him. I want to tell about him. It's on the inside and the outside. Let's illustrate it this way. Here's a, here's a fellow. He goes to work for a guy. And, uh, well, let's suppose a teacher goes to work for Dr. Billings. And I wish some of you teachers would go to work. But uh, he goes to work for Dr. Billings. And uh, the teacher says, don't like that little fella. Gets up and says, we're going to sing the next stanza, Acapulco. I never heard that in my life before. Wish I never had heard it yet, but Acapulco. And uh, so... Um, Tell us that I don't like the little fella. He's he's uh, he runs so fast. You don't know where he's going, and and uh, and uh, I don't like him much. But I need a job, and I do like I do I do like the school. So I'm going to work for Doctor Billings. Now the fella has character, and so he works hard, and he he prepares his lessons, and he has the, the heart his heart carries the load of the students. But one day, he looks at Doctor Billings on the platform, and he says, "You know, he's a great guy. I had him wrong." He loves those students, and he does. And he carries the burden, and he does. And all of a sudden, that teacher, shall I say, he falls in love with Dr. Billings. And the teacher says he's the greatest principal in all the world. Now, does he do any more? Probably not, but he enjoys it. It's a different reason now. And uh, the next day he says, he gets up the same time he got it before, but now he gets up because of love, not because he has to. And he works it not the like he did before, hard as he can, but it was his character that made him do it before. Now he does it because he loves Dr. Billings. It wouldn't be a wonderful thing if we get the place where we love Christ so much we'd have to serve him. Or you say, okay, I'll go to prayer meeting, the preacher says, I'll go to hell if I don't, so I'll go. But it'd be a wonderful thing if you... It is like the psalmist said, As the heart panteth after the water brook, so thirsteth my soul after thee, O God. Would it be a wonderful thing if you'd wake up every morning and say, I hope this is Sunday. Oh, and then on Sunday morning you wake up and you say, It's Sunday! I get to go to church today. Now, some of you this morning, you said, It's Sunday, and I've got to go to church today. Now, I'm glad you came. We need your money. And we need you here. But uh, I'm glad you came. But wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if it was on the inside and then on the outside? If you serve because inside, outside, saved on the inside, express it on the outside. And you serve the Lord on the outside because it's on the inside. And there's a third thing that David said. David said, now wait a minute, David's running from his son. Either that or he's hiding from the king. David's about to be killed. David's life is in danger. And look what he said. He said, therefore, my heart greatly rejoiceth. And with my song, I'll praise him. I've always said amen when I heard about heaven. Anytime anybody would say the Lord's going to come in the air, I've always been happy about that. I've always, when somebody said, Jesus is going to come and rule on Mount Zion and peace will cover the earth, I've always said amen. And I've always felt it. But I'll be honest with you. In recent years, 
there's come a constant, a constant rejoicing in God. I recall, and our people have heard me tell of this. I recall when the Casey building was up over here. I never had shouted, really shouted in my life before. I mean, had a fit. You know what I mean? I never had. And I'm not recommending we have it here this morning. But we had pastor school that year. And you, some of you folks will recall, I was sick on the Sunday before. Didn't even get to come to church. Had 103 fever. And I was so sick. I think with a hand preached that morning. And the next day, they came from all over the country. From the north, the east, the south, the west. Pastors came. And they came to, for me to teach them and our staff to teach them. And if I couldn't be at the pastor's school, it would be a tragedy. And there I lay in bed sick all day. And Monday I was sick. And finally I said, God, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to if I can stand up, I'm going, to, I'm going to teach and speak. We had the KC building across the street. We bought, I had my first class on Monday night over there. And I said, dear God, I had 103 fever. I said, dear Lord, I'm going to stay up there until I fall down. And I leaned up against the pulpit because I couldn't stand up. And I taught the class. And I said, now, Lord, tomorrow morning, the first class, I pray for strength just for that one. And the next morning, I leaned up against the pulpit with 102 or 3 fever and taught it. And I taught the next and the next. And then I forgot I was sick. And God marvelously made me well. And on Friday, after the pastor's coup was over, oh, we had tried so hard to save the nation and get the preachers right with God. And I was over in the old annex where we used to have the kitchen over there because of the fire, you know. And uh, over in the annex. And uh, so uh, an old preacher came to me. His hair was white and long. And his face was wrinkled and his brow was furrowed. And he came to me. I'll never forget it. He reached out and he took my, my hands in his he looked at me, and he said, young man, and I like that. He said, young man, he said, and he gave me the name. He said, it's 20 years too late. And I said, what do you mean, sir? He said, it's too late. It's too late. He said, why didn't somebody teach me 20 years ago what you taught me this week? I'm an old man. It's too late. He said, preacher, it's 20 years too late. And I got happy because somebody had taught it to me years ago. And I walked down the alley here. And suddenly it dawned on me, I'd been sick. I'd been sick. I'd forgotten it since, since, since Tuesday morning. And right out here in this alley, just about outside this door right here, I was by myself. And before I knew it, I had my shoes off. I took my shoes And that's not like me. When I take my shoes off, I'm always by myself. If I'm not then, I am soon. And, uh, and I took my shoes off. And... Uh, and, I, and, I, and, and literally, honestly, literally, I threw my shoes up in the air. And I began to dance around the alley and clap my hands and praise the Lord. And I said, what's gotten into me? I'm not, I'm a Baptist. Well, Phil, what's gotten into me? And, and, and the, all of a sudden, I knew what it was to have the heart rejoice as well as the mouth, inside and the outside. And from that day to this, Dr. Billings, every once in a while, I have a spell. I never do it in public. It's always alone. But I have a spell. Oh, the sweetness of his presence. Oh, the glory of his presence. And he walks with me. And he talks with me. And he tells me, I am his own. I'm his. He's mine. I'm going to heaven when 
I die. The God who made the world lives in my breast this morning. I'm his child. Oh, yes, I'm one of his own. The child he'll never disown. I'm his. I have in my heart the living Christ. In my hand I hold the blessed word of God. My hope is that he'll come and receive me to himself. But whatever happens, whatever happens, he's mine. And I'm his. The other night we had a wedding. A couple got married. Had that bilious look on their face and went toward the back. Back there in the back. And they didn't know I was there. Nobody's back there. But I was on the other side of the door. And I heard a little girl, little new bride, she said, He's mine. He's mine. He's mine. I looked at him and said to myself, I'm glad he's yours. <laughs> but he's mine. He's mine. He's mine. Huh? David said, He is my strength. He didn't say a strength. He said, My strength. He didn't say a shield. He said, He is my shield. He didn't say He was my strength. He is my strength. He didn't say He will be my shield. He says, He is my shield. He said, I got salvation on the inside now. I got, I've got to serve God and strength on the inside now. And I've got the joy of the Lord on the inside and out. He's mine. He's mine. He's mine. He's mine. And He can be yours. He wants to be yours. If you'll take Him by faith. This morning where you are, if you'd say, Jesus, I don't know much about it, but I know I'm a sinner. And I know you died for sinners. And I'll take you this morning as my Savior. He'll be yours. And you can say, He's mine. He's mine. He's mine. Inside and out. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, preachthebible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit knvbc.com for Christian music you can trust.